Oh, there's a party going on in here, all right. Welcome to the LOTL Deerfield uh, Gridiron Browns postgame show. I'm Dan alongside with Steve as usual. Steve, how are you? Oh, today's just a great day. Great, great, great day. The Browns are in first place in the AFC North. To Rex Ryan and all the haters out there that were upset that uh, we were that we lost to the LA Rams, who was a Super Bowl team last year. This is what I have to say to you. Seriously, all those people that were starting to write the Browns obituaries after three weeks, like, and and on the flip side, all the folks that were all over the Ravens after they beat up on Miami and Arizona. And yeah, I have this to say to you. Yeah, I made a bad prediction this week. Um, oh yeah, yeah. That's, oh yeah, that's right. I, I thought Baltimore was gonna win this game. Did you? Did we? Did we do score uh, predictions on the post game show yeah, last week for this I, game? If I recall, I think I had Baltimore winning by a touchdown. Okay, but uh, I had uh, this week on on the actual <laughs> LOTL episode. I had Browns twenty seven twenty three. So Browns, I, I almost got the Ravens score right. The Browns actually out outplayed my uh, projections. So that that's obviously is and that's nice more or less where I was because I, I think I said something like twenty seven twenty Ravens. Yeah, that almost nailed their score. I didn't see the Browns scoring forty today. That's a yeah, unbelievable. Well, score I, well, right I mean, it, it was um, it, it it was it was around there, but then uh, Baltimore just started putting the ball on the turf and turning the ball over. Yeah. So uh, Baltimore turned the ball over three times today. They hadn't turned the ball over once all year. Yeah. Uh, it started with the Mark Ingram fumble when the Browns were up seventeen ten. The Ravens were driving. Uh, he fumbled uh, going into the Browns red zone. And, and then the Browns took it right back down the field and scored a touchdown. And in my opinion, that. that was the play of the game, Ingram fumbling there. Because you're, oh, you're looking at that possibly being a tie game or at the very least being a four-point yeah. game afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. And then I, I thought, uh, well, well like, I, I'll say, uh, to me, the real play of the game was, you know, the Browns got up 24-10, and then Baltimore went down the field, scored a touchdown, went two-point conversion, brought it to 24-18, and you're thinking, you know, Browns fans, we have this – you know, inferiority complex to where, even though you're up by two touchdowns, if the team you're playing scores, makes it uh, a one-score game, and there's still a quarter left, you're thinking, oh no, here we go again, same old Browns, can't hold the lead, we're going to lose this game by like one point. But then, two plays later, the Browns got the ball, they had a false start on the first, first play, it was first and 15, and then Nick Chubb, 88 yards to the crib. For the touchdown. It's funny you talk about the psychology of that moment because just before that play, you had texted me, problem is we are the worst fourth quarter team in the league. The text right before that was not feeling good right now. Landry was getting checked for for a concussion. I mean, you could just tell perhaps the collective psyche was just starting to go away a little bit, and bam. I mean, Right, 88 yards. Very reminiscent to last year when he went chubba-wubba-hub 92 yards against the Falcons. Um, but that, that to me, uh, you know, was the play that really sealed it because that put the Browns back up two scores immediately after the Ravens fought and clawed to get it back to a one-score game. Um, and then after that, it was just, you know, basically just, you know, getting the clock to run down as fast as possible to finish out. You but, know, what I kept thinking in the late third and the fourth quarter was, okay, Browns have made some big plays on offense. They're, they're ahead. They were ahead two touchdowns. And all I could think was, okay, now we're really going to see what the Ravens are made of. 
Yeah. You know, now they're behind. They're they're a mostly ground and pound type of an offense. I mean, right. even with even when they run with Jackson, yeah, we we. I wanted to find out: Are they really all that that all the national people were saying? You know that Jackson's this great quarterback and everything. Is he going to bring him back? Well, I mean, they did get the first touchdown, but after the Chubb run, they had nothing. Yeah. Well, cer- certainly, certainly with the way that they play offense, it's very it's very similar to the way that the uh, the Niners did back when uh, you know they had Colin Kaepernick. Uh, they they essentially run the same offense. I mean, their offensive coordinator was the offensive coordinator back then uh, for San Francisco. It's just, to me, I think Lamar Jackson is not as good of a thrower as Kaepernick, and but he's a little bit more dynamic of an athlete as far as uh, being able to evade uh, tacklers um, and just create just basically out of thin air. I do think one of the biggest stats this game and one of the most impressive is that the Browns defense was able to get him on the ground four times. Oh, I mean, uh, that's shout out to the Browns defense, man. I mean, they played their butts off today. All of them were. I, For, the secondary in particular, they they have played very well two games in a row and they've been without, shorthanded. Right, yeah. And, uh, you know, especially in a game like this where you're going up against an offense. that The, the Ravens run an offense that nobody else in the NFL runs. So to be able to uh, play as well as the Browns did, and I said it on the postgame show last week, and I, I said it on LOTL this week, the Browns are really the first team that are seeing Lamar Jackson for a second time because he didn't play in the first meeting against the Browns last year, and he played in the second meeting, and now this is the first division game for the Ravens uh, this year. So it's the first time that they're kind of – flipping the schedule over and playing the Browns again since last year. And the Browns are one of the first teams. Now, yeah, did he, did he crack his runs a few times? He, you know, he had a 20-yard 20, 20 run here. Um, you know, he converted on third down a couple times with his legs. Sure. But, you know, we didn't see the, we didn't see, uh, the big gash plays for the most part. Uh, we didn't see him hurting us through the air. Which I, which I talked about with basically him just throwing the ball up in the air and his receivers coming down with it. Uh, he tried that late in the game with Mark Andrews uh, on a on a deep shot to the end zone. The Browns intercepted that. So I, I thought it I, I thought it it helped that the Browns. This is you know not the first time that they're seeing him. You know, perhaps my favorite play of the game was when the Ravens decided to go for it on fourth down in their own territory and. The they, ran, they ran the tight end out and up, and I oh, guess Jackson yeah. just thought it was an out, and yep. he threw the ball way behind everybody. And, yep. and Andrews goes off the field throwing his helmet and everything because he, he actually had the DB beat on that play. Well, yeah, what was interesting was <laughs> if, if Andrews runs the route the way Lamar Jackson thought he was going to run the route, it would have been a first down. If Lamar Jackson would have thrown it the way Andrews would have wanted him to throw it, it probably would have been a touchdown. Yeah. So it was really interesting. But uh, luckily for the Browns, uh, that connection was not made. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I really take my hats off to the defense, the way they played. Really, the way that they played, I mean, essentially all year. I mean, yeah, the Titans scored over 40 points against them in week one, but, you know, Baker threw three interceptions in the fourth quarter. So, um, I, I, you know, obviously they only gave up three points to the Jets. And then I thought they played really well against the Rams last week. And then again this week. So uh, hats off to the defense for sure. 
two individual shout outs today. One, Jarvis Landry. Oh, he was yeah. awesome today. Hopefully he's okay, by the way. He, he left the game with a concussion. Eight receptions, 167 yards, plus he had a run play where it you know, went down to the two-yard line and he made an incredible fake pitch toward Odell Beckham, which completely just threw the quarterback to... You know, to the other guy, and he ended up running all the way down the two-yard line. I think that probably should have been a touchdown, actually, but uh, they marked it on the two. Chubb took it in the next play. Uh, I think I, just when when we saw the replay, his uh, his toe kind of dragged across the uh, the out of bounds uh, line when he was making that dive for the end zone. The other individual shout out of the day, Joe Schober. Oh, seventeen tackles. Yes, seventeen. Hey, oh, uh, by the way, he also had two tackles for loss and a sack. Yep. Yeah, he he played his butt. Really, I mean, Joe Schobert's playing. I, you know, he had a bit of a tough year last year, and then, you know, two years ago he made the Pro Bowl. He, he's back to playing at a Pro Bowl level. Uh, he's really he's really had a good start to the season. I thought, I thought he was great. Um, the defensive line, for the most part, I thought was really good. Uh, we got some pressure on Lamar Jackson, got, got some sacks, especially early. Um... Olivier Vernon had his first sack as a Brown. Larry Ogunjobi had a sack. Um, I, I just, you know, you really can't find an area of the uh, Browns' defensive performance today that uh, where they didn't play well. I thought they played well across the board. Um, now to the offensive, I mean, you mentioned Jarvis Landry. To the offensive side of the ball, I thought Baker by far played his best game of the year. Uh, he was 20 of 30 for 66% completions, threw for 342 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, you know, he, he hasn't had a multi, multi-touchdown multi game yet passing. I think the one criticism that I have coming out of today is I still don't like where our, where our red zone offense is. Um, I We got into the red zone and it, within the 10-yard line a few times today, we didn't throw a a single pass that was actually in the end zone. I don't know that we did in the second half either because yeah. the first time they got the red zone in the second half, they handed off on the 14, Chubb ran it in. Right. The other time they and, got down to the two, sometimes, Chubb ran it in. And sometimes you don't need to. I mean, when, yeah. Chubb's, when Chubb's running three touchdowns in, I mean, I guess you don't really need to. So It's really, really nice for your quarterback when you can just hand the ball off and, and, and good things happen. It's, it's rare. You know, over the last 20 years, the Browns have had a few backs that you felt good enough uh, with that. You think about Ruben Drones, maybe Peyton Hillis, you know, but those guys didn't last more than like a year or two. Yeah, the rest of the time, it's, it's been difficult. So right. uh, it's, it's, it's really great, the fact that the Browns have Nick Chubb. And you know, at the beginning of the season, a lot of guys thought that he was going to lead the AFC in rushing. He got through a bit of a slow start, but you know, he could be huge, back on that pace huge now. Huge day today, yeah! Over 160 yards on the ground and three scores. Jeez. Yeah, 20 carries for 165 yards and three touchdowns. Last yeah. last week he had 23 rushes for 96 yards. Um, so yeah, he's he's definitely in a groove right now. And and I, for for as uh, for as disconnected as the Browns' protection seems to be with uh, the O line of Baker Mayfield, uh, they're doing a hell of a job run blocking. Well, they did a hell they of a really job are. today, and and no and specifically, I got to shout out Eric Cush for the job he played, the right guard, who's who was much maligned in the preseason, just because he was replacing Kevin Zeitler, who's one of the best guards in the NFL. Um, but he's come in, and uh, he, especially today, I mean, he played great, absolutely great. Uh, so we talked about Baker's line, we talked about Nick Chubb's line. 
you mentioned OBJ. One guy that uh, I know you probably had no idea who the heck he was, but uh, he caught Baker Mayfield's touchdown pass today in the first quarter, was tight end Ricky Seals-Jones. Complete blown coverage on another play early, early in the second half. I think it was yep. on the Browns' first drive where you had two corners basically both bite on the underneath route and, and Baker threw the seam route instead, and he just runs down the line for almost 60 yards. That set yeah. up Chubb's 14-yard touchdown. Yep. Guy, guy had a heck of a day today. So Ricky Seals-Jones is a uh, guy that the Browns picked up uh, right before the season started, and he had three catches today for 82 yards and a touchdown. He is a converted tight end, or converted wide receiver to tight end. He was a five-star recruit uh, going into college. Uh, he went to Texas A&M, and this is his third season. 6'5", 245 pounds. He looks like he can be a player. He's he's filling that kind of David Njoku role right now as the, the big receiving tight end, and uh, the Browns might have find a, found a gem, and we'll see how it develops, but uh, you know, he's big, he's athletic, he catches the ball. Uh, Thumbs up to John Dorsey on that one. Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought it was great. You know, so. We were used to the Browns not even hitting on first and second round picks sometimes. Yeah. You know, for them to find guys off the scrap heap now. Right. The proverbial scrap heap. You know, that's something we're not used to seeing. But, you know, that's, that's great. Yep. Uh, and um, can we, uh, I, since we're, since we're in the, the theme of, uh, Shoutouts today. I'm going to shout out a guy who's been deservedly so, but um, who's been pretty much under the fire until, uh, well, since the season started. Freddie Kitchens. I thought Freddie Kitchens, number one, he got the team ready to play today. Uh, I didn't see the actual numbers. I don't know if you know how many penalties we had today. It didn't seem like it was very many. That I did not happen to see but uh, and the Browns you know perception usually is reality when it comes yeah to so the Browns uh, still coming into today were tied for the league lead, league lead in tight uh, penalties and a lot of that has to do with the fact that they almost set there they did like pretty much set a record in week one with the amount of penalties they have the amount of penalties have gone down each week for the Browns and that that's what you like to see very rarely you're gonna see the Browns or any team in the NFL go from 20 penalties to like zero but what you want to do is like I think they had 18 in the first week. They had eight in week two, and then I think they had like something like six in week three. So if it if it continually goes down, that's showing market improvement. I thought I thought the Browns were ready to play. Obviously, you know I don't know how much Freddie Kitchens has to do with the defense, but the defense is playing really well right now. Uh, I thought for the most part, you know I I lamented a little bit the play calling in the red zone, but I thought the play calling was much improved, especially from last week. Um, so, for me, shout-out to Freddie Kitchens. I, I thought he got a lot of guys off his back today. You could just tell the team was prepared today. They, they knew what the challenge, they knew the stakes of this game, quite frankly, because if you lose this game, not only are you behind by two, you get the Ravens ahead to head on you as well. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's, You're in a completely different universe than the one you're in right now. Yep. And they came out, they, they scored early. You know, it took them a while to separate from the Ravens, but... I mean, the defensive game plan was outstanding. You know, the, the particularly the the discipline that you saw in the secondary today. Yep. Yeah, they gave up yards at times, but you know, right. how many times did you see broken tackles and, and lots, lots of yaks after after the catch? You know, and the the best part about that. it was that no big plays. The Rounds gave up no big plays. Yeah, they would get a 15 yard play, 20 yard play here, but you know what was what was so. Um, glaring about the Ravens, especially the first two weeks, and 
you know, we said it. They were playing. They were playing the Dolphins and the Cardinals in the first two weeks. But exactly. But the um, you know their their bread and butter was the big play, and uh, they they didn't get that against the Browns. So um, that was that was good to see, for sure. All right. So uh, I and and one other thing uh, to touch on with Freddie Kitchens, I. A lot of times, uh, especially if you're on the road, if you win the coin toss, a lot of times you defer. I absolutely loved, the, and they didn't score on the first drive, but I loved the fact that they took the ball to start the game. Why? And and we talked about it with the Ravens is how you know they're not really a team built to come from behind because they don't throw the ball well. They run the ball, so they're a front-running team. Is the Browns? I think went into the game knowing that if we get the lead on these guys. We're in really good shape. So, in that theory, why would you want to give the Ravens the ball first and give them the opportunity to score first? So, even though they didn't score on their opening drive, they took the ball because they're like, all right, we want to get a lead and then play from in front against a team that runs the ball. It's definitely a sound argument. Uh, and I'm usually a big proponent of deferring at the start of games, but this is one situation where, yeah, you want to go out there, you want to impose your will on the game right away. Because the Browns, the Browns never trailed today, not once. They they grabbed the lead seven nothing. Uh, the Ravens tied it. Then the Browns went ahead ten seven at halftime. Then the Ravens tied it, and then you know the Browns scored seventeen twenty four, and you know so on. And so in forth. a sense, this game played out almost the Titans game in reverse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, it was very similar to that. Absolutely. That's actually that's actually really really good point. I mean because. Uh, much like when the Browns scored that touchdown to pull within one score against the Titans, boom, they hit that yeah, seventy-five yard screenplay immediately. What happened with the Browns? Boom, they hit that eighty-eight yard run with Nick Chubb, yep. and then that and was then it. after that. You know, the Browns completely fell apart in Week One. The Ravens completely, pretty much fell apart today. So. That's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so here's a little bit by the numbers uh, for today's game. Just want to kind of go through some numbers uh, with you. Here's a number for you. 530. The Browns put up 530 yards of offense today. That is the most since September 16th, 2007, uh, which was a win over the Bengals. Um, and they also put up 40 points today, which is the most against an AFC North opponent uh, since that exact game as well. So uh, that I mean that's a lot of yards in the NFL uh, for offense. You see that a lot in college, but 530 yards is a ton. Of offensive production, and the putting NFL. up forty-eight points or fifty-one points on Cincinnati is one thing. I mean, the Bengals—they're yeah. up and down. More often than not, they're down. Yeah. To do it on a team like Baltimore, which is like prides themselves yeah. on good defense, yeah, in their house—that's their yeah—that's impressive. Uh, you talked about Jarvis Landry and his hundred sixty-seven yards uh, receiving on eight catches. Uh, here's another one: one hundred thirty-one. That was the amount of rushing yards Nick Chubb had in the second half alone. Now, he had nine, he had almost 90 yards on one play, but uh, 131 yards in the second half. Uh, number six was the amount of pass catchers that Baker Mayfield got. So it, it's it's been interesting because the Browns have been a little bit limited uh, in their wide receiver core. We talked we talk so much in the preseason about how much talent they have in the wide receiver room, but... Rashard Higgins got hurt in the first game. He hasn't played since. Antonio Callaway's been suspended. Uh, Jarvis Landry got a concussion today. 
So David Njoku's out. David Njoku's out. So the Browns have been a little bit, a um, little bit thin at pass catchers. That's why you see guys like Farrell Brown, Ricky Seals Jones, Damian Ratley, those guys getting opportunities. And it's good to see that those guys that are coming off the bench that get opportunities are producing. Uh, much like we talk about with the secondary, which has basically been a patch job in the last two weeks. Uh, so that's and some people would say that that's the scheme, but yeah. honestly, that's more culture than anything else. Yeah, I mean culture, and I think it's just it just speaks to the job that John Dorsey's done over the last year and a half, two years, um, just flipping this roster, and the Browns actually have depth. I mean, you go into it, uh, the Browns' top two starting cornerbacks have been out the last two weeks. Their replacements were guys that started most of last year, and T.J. Carey and Terrence Mitchell. So, you know, you're 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 missing starters, and obviously, you know, if you have the opportunity, you want Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams out on the field, but you know that you can still have confidence in the guys that are replacing him, and that's something that the Browns have never had since they've been back in '99. I mean, even the year where we went 10 and six in 2007. That, that year we were prominently healthy and we didn't have a lot of guys injured. The Browns have had a lot of injuries to start this season. And the guys that are stepping up in the place of the guys out are producing. And that's great to see because you have confidence moving forward with, with other guys on the roster just in case something happens. You know, in a sense, the Browns season is starting off kind of like how the Indian season did back in April and May. Yeah. They had a lot of injuries early on. They had uh, They didn't really light the standings on fire, really, until you got to the second half. You know, with the way the, the schedule is for the Browns, maybe that's what we're looking at here, too. But there's one really key difference between the Indians and the Browns, and that's the simple fact that nobody's running away with the AFC North. Right. You're 2-2, two and two, you're in a tie, but you are in first place off by a tiebreaker. Yep. So, really, all you got to do, you don't have to worry about wild cards or any of these other scenarios, like, like how the tribe had to, and that ultimately was their undoing. You just got to take care of business and win the AFC North. Yep. And it might only take, if you beat Baltimore both times, it might only take you nine games to do that. Agreed. Absolutely agree. You know, if the Browns just take, if the Browns just uh, take care of business in their division games, they're going to win the AFC North. I mean, if the Browns go, I would even say it's it, very hard to imagine them winning, going five and one or six and zero in the division, yeah. and, and not winning at least right. ten games. Right. Exactly. Um, especially with the way that their second, the second half of the season uh, shapes up, yeah. Uh, because you got teams like Miami, Arizona, uh, Denver in the second half of the season to go along with your two against Cincinnati, your two against Pittsburgh. So, you know, if the Brown, I'll say this: if the Browns can get to halfway through the season at four and four, five and three, they're going to win the division. Oh, they're five and three at the midway point. They're definitely winning the division. Yeah, because if if we just look ahead, um, obviously next week we've got San Francisco on Monday Night Football. On that, the road. Mean, that means you probably beat San Francisco. It means you probably beat Seattle. Yeah. Uh, back at home after that. Right. Yeah, I'm assuming they're not going to beat New England and Foxborough. But right. If, who knows? New England actually didn't look that good today. They right. were actually kind of lucky to beat Buffalo. We'll get to to the full leaks. Yeah. Here in a bit. But uh, yeah, so I, you know, not to look too far ahead because we, we got to have a uh, bunker mentality and look week to week. But hey, we're fans, so we get we're afforded that opportunity. Um, 
San Francisco just, game is going to be really interesting because the Niners are three and zero. Yes, agreed. But they, but they didn't play, agreed. They didn't play anybody. Yet. Absolutely agreed. So and the Browns are two and two, but they've played good opponents. They played Baltimore. They played the Rams. They've uh, well, you know, Tennessee's two Tennessee's, and two. Tennessee's I mean, I don't okay. know if they're ultimately going to be there in the end, but they they beat up on Atlanta today. Again. Right. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you definitely have had a tougher start for the Browns as opposed to a team like the 49ers. We'll see what the 49ers are made of. Uh, exactly, in, in and they'll be coming time. off of, of a bye week, so so we'll see we'll see how they play. But thanks, um, thanks for that schedule maker. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Steve, you mentioned it a couple times. Why don't you uh, Why don't you go around the league here and give us some some results for the other games that have uh, either have already finished or are currently taking place? Yeah. So I'll go back to first of all the Thursday night game: Eagles thirty four, Packers twenty seven. That was an offensive shootout. It was a great game to watch. Great game. Um, Eagles go to 2-2 two and two with that. Packers uh, picked up their first loss of the season. And the Packers. Packers had the same problem the Browns had on the goal line uh, the previous week where they, they were down on the goal line three yep. or four straight times. Yep. Why do offensive coordinators do that? I just don't get it. Uh, Giants, 24. Redskins, 3. How bad is Washington? You know what I you know what I wish I had I wish I had a tiny tiny violin uh, sound effect that we could play because <laughs> this is what I want to play that's what I want to play for the Redskins right now but I guess I'll have to settle for this. I'm pretty sure Jay Gruden is going to be the first coach fired this year. Very I mean, very very uh, very possible. It's looking pretty bad. Good win for the Giants. Um, possibly the, the best. The Giants are two and two. Yeah, they've turned it around a bit. With Danny Dimes. Maybe they should have just started them out of the box. Not, uh, if, if they end up going like eight and eight this year, they're gonna they're gonna wonder. Yeah. Uh, probably the best game of the day today, honestly, other than the game our game. Chiefs thirty four, Lions thirty. What a man! Who saw that coming? Lions are playing their hearts out right they now. They are. And they very nearly pulled that game, but they they made the mistake of when they went ahead leaving two and a half minutes for Patrick Mahomes and company to come back the other way. Yeah. And that's that's asking your defense a lot to try and stop that t- offense in a two-minute situation. Yep. So Chiefs are 4-0, Lions 2-1-1. They've played good teams. Yeah, start to have to maybe take them seriously in the NFC North. Sure. Uh, Titans, I still cannot figure out where they're headed. Uh, 24-10 over the Falcons today. Falcons lay an egg at home. I don't know. <laughs> no idea why I played that. Yeah, Falcons just look terrible at home, which is something you don't usually see from them. Um, Tennessee, big win. Uh, two other teams I don't really know what to make of at this point: Raiders thirty-one, Colts twenty-four. Yeah, I would. If I was a betting man, I would never bet on any game involving the Colts. They are just—you cannot figure them out. And did you did, did you happen did you happen to see the highlight of uh, the hit by Montez Perfect on Jack Doyle? Ah, uh, no, I didn't. I heard he was rejected. Can we can we kick him out of the NFL? I, you know, if they're I mean, gonna blackball Colin Kaepernick and they're gonna, I don't know if they're gonna blackball Antonio Brown now. Um, he's. So I think Antonio Brown's gonna blackball. To. I think no, I think Antonio Brown's gonna blackball himself. But like, yeah, how come the owners can't come together and just say, okay, that guy, we're not signing this guy. No. Who, who knows? But, uh, yeah, Raiders are now 2-2, two and two, as is Indianapolis. Patriots 16, Bills 10. Buffalo was in this game pretty much to the very end. They had a tip ball, which was actually intercepted by Jamie Collins, 
within the last minute of the game to seal the win for the Patriots. Not surprised the Patriots are 4-0, but Buffalo showed a little bit of heart in this game. Maybe they're better than we think. Time will tell on that. Panthers 16, Texans 10. Sorry, Jordan. <laughs> so sorry. Yeah, um, Panthers are now 2-2 two two after an 0-2 start. Texans, yeah, these are two other teams that, you know, they just look like maybe 500-ish. Um, I'm hoping the Panthers can turn it around because I had them winning the NFC South. We'll see how that goes. Chargers yeah, 30. Do you, you, oh, you think, you think uh, with the way that their backup quarterback is playing right now, Cam Newton gets his job back? Not if they keep winning. Right. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, they, their offense wasn't setting the world on fire today, but, you know, they got the job done on defense. So, yeah. you know, if, if the guy could just be a successful game manager and they keep winning, I mean, who's to say? Agreed. Um, Chargers 30, Dolphins 10. No real surprise there. Chargers get to 2-2. Two and two. The Dolphins don't look like winning a game anytime soon. <laughs> So those were all of your 1 o'clock games. If you go to the 4 o'clocks, Bears currently up on the Vikings 16 to nothing. Bears defense making a big statement in this game. And, I, you know, Mike tried to trade Adam Thielen to me in fantasy in the midweek. Um, he wanted Todd Gurley. I said I didn't want to have two receivers on the Vikings. It's looking like I might have barked up the right tree there because Kirk Cousins is not getting it done. Uh, Bears looking like they're on their way to a victory there. <laughs> Seahawks 27, Cardinals 10. Cardinals are another team <laughs> that don't look like winning a game anytime soon. Seattle looks like they're going to 3-1. and one. Um, Perhaps the shocker of the day is developing in L.A., the Rams have 27 points, but the problem is the Buccaneers have 38. Yeah. They're winning by game, 11 late. I'm like, that literally game, the fourth That game quarter. started out Tampa Bay 21-0 over the Rams. Whew. Jared Goff threw a couple interceptions early in the game, and uh, the Bucs got, got out to a uh, quick start. Yeah, that that's really surprising. That's, really surprising. i got to say, Tampa would now, if they, if they hang on and win this game, they will have won at Carolina, and they will have won at L.A., yeah. Like, those are two really pretty good wins. But they can't win at the big pirate ship. Yeah. Although they, I can't. They got the same problem the Browns have. Yeah, right I was going to say, I can't, I can't really say anything because yeah. the Browns can't win at the big uh, doghouse. Same thing for the Panthers. They're 2 0 on the road, no 2 at home. I. Odd. It's been a weird. I got to say, it's been a weird first four weeks. I almost feel like NFL teams, because a lot of them are not playing their, their players in preseason. They're almost treating the first four weeks of the season like preseason. And I think now maybe you'll start to see teams kind of kick it in gear, which is what I hope for the Browns. Well, the Browns did start very slow, but, again, every week they've looked better and better. Agreed. And, you know, the trajectory is very good. Agreed. Um, last game on the board here, you got you mentioned them earlier, the Broncos. Well, they're losing at home right now to Jacksonville, 20-17. to 17. So, they all... They don't turn that around. They're going to be zero and four. World smallest violin for Denver. <laughs> I know, especially among the older fan base here in Cleveland, they still remember the '80s and hate the Broncos. Oh, f Denver. <laughs> f Denver. I feel like their kids must not understand why they hate Denver so much, but yeah, you know, they weren't right. around for it. 
late games here. You got uh, Dallas going against New Orleans. That's a that should be a fabulous game tonight. Agreed, especially especially at, at the uh, at the Superdome down in New Orleans. And then I love it when this happens. ESPN gets stuck with the pillow fight of the week. <laughs> the Bengals playing at the Steelers. Both teams I mean, zero and three. I mean they had, <laughs> I mean they had to know they had to know the Bengals were going to be bad, but they had no idea that the Steelers were going to be this bad. <laughs> but that hey, it's a screw job. But again. <laughs> We're profiting off the Steelers' misery for sure. Yeah, the Steelers. The, wait, 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 wait. How many? What, what's the Steelers' record? Zero uh, and three. <laughs> what was that again? Zero oh, and three. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I. You know what? I am gonna be rooting so. Who day? Who day? I'm gonna be rooting so hard for the Bengals tonight or tomorrow. It'd be great to see the Steelers continue to go over. It, it really would. I mean, Cincinnati, they've actually been in games. They're, they're not like Miami or Arizona. Yeah, they have the same record right now, but they played Seattle kind of tough. They were in it with Buffalo to the, to the end pretty much. They actually look somewhat competent, so yep. who, who knows. They do have a history of winning at Heinz Field, oddly enough. Yeah. Well, they have a good shot tonight yeah. so, or tomorrow. God, why do I keep thinking that game's tonight? Um, so anyway, that, yeah, that's, over with? yeah, I guess that, uh, I guess I'm, I'm hoping I'm, I'm, uh, wait for whatever reason, I'm hoping that it's, uh, Monday. So we get to celebrate a, uh, victory Monday. This is and this is no ordinary victory Monday. This one is like, uh, XL sized. This one's huge. Absolutely. You know, and actually in the division on the road against the team that was in first place and now you're in first yep. place. And and prob- probably against uh the only uh, the, the one team that's going to uh, stand in your way to win the division this year. So to, so to win Exactly. So yeah. to win, to win in their house in the in, in the first first half of the season is huge because now they're now they're fighting and clawing to get back to where you are. I know they have the same record as us, but like we said, their first two games were against the two worst teams in the NFL, uh, and then they, they obviously they played the Chiefs. They lost. So this was the measuring stick game. This was the game. I mean, there was so much talk, especially on Twitter, between Browns fans and then Ravens fans, uh, between who was going to have the better team. Well, round one goes to the Browns. Thank you very much. So, that was uh, around the NFL for the games that uh, today that are in progress and the games coming up. That, uh, I think that's going to pretty much do it for us, huh? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we could talk about the predictions for next week, I suppose. Yeah, let's, let's, let's do that. Browns are on Monday Night Football. Once again, uh, traveling out to San Francisco. Should be a really interesting game because, I, you know, the Browns... Browns, obviously, like you said, they, they've played better each and every week. So if that trend continues, I really don't see them having much trouble uh, winning on next Monday night. But we really don't know what to think about the 49ers. The things that bother me about this game are actually ancillary. The Browns have no control over. One is the long trip out to California. Right. Two is the fact that... Booger McFarlane's calling the game? I, I don't really care about that. I mean, we're one to know when he calls games. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, the other thing is that the Niners are coming off a bye. Yeah. And usually, I think history tells you that 
teams are like 10 or 20 percent more likely to win on coming off the bye week. Yeah. But uh, you know, I don't care. I I don't think. Like I said, I didn't think the Ravens were really all that. I feel bad at myself that I, I didn't predict the Browns' victory today. Yeah. I'm not going to make that same mistake two weeks in a row. I yeah. don't think the 49ers are that great. I think they've beaten up on some lesser opposition up to this point. I'm going to say Browns defensively, they come out. They, they may not set the world on fire, but they're going to they're gonna do a decent job, and the offense will do enough. I say Browns 27-17. Interesting, interesting. That You know, that 27 number has been, has been very uh... – Apropos, it's been used a lot. Yeah, uh, I know Jimmy on LOTL this week picked the Browns to win twenty-seven twenty-four. I picked the Browns to win twenty-seven twenty-three. I don't remember what Jordan said. I know he picked the Ravens to win. Ha! Sorry, Jordan. <clears throat> Which you know, whatever. You picked the Ravens to win too, and yep. given the history of the Browns at Baltimore. I mean, that's not really a bad... That, that wasn't really a bad pick going into the week. I mean, there's, what, two times we've won there since 2006? I mean, yeah. It's, it's not... It's not been our uh, <coughs> best it's not, place to get a win. It's not the house of horrors that Heinz Field has been, but... Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, what, 15 years? That streak's ending this year. Oh, you're... Period. You're damn right it's ending this year. So, uh, so for me, I, uh, I'm i going to go with the Browns again. I think the Browns are going to get above 500. Uh, I'm gonna, whew, I'm gonna go a little lower scoring. I think the Browns are gonna win twenty to fourteen. Okay. On Monday Night Football next yep. week. So, uh, we both got the Browns. We're both feeling great after uh, their big win this week. I'm really interested to see uh, what the guys on Football Night in America have to say uh, on the pregame show before the Sunday Nighter about the Browns. Um, and uh, I'm interested to see what the national media is gonna say after they buried the Browns after last week. Oh yeah, they're they're gonna be uh, you know repent- everybody's they're gonna be repenting. Yeah, you know everybody's, everybody's gonna be at one eighty like oh yeah the Browns are back on the Super Bowl like watch list like they're a Super Bowl contender again. They just beat the Ravens. Get out of here. Yeah, if they do that they start burying Baltimore like it'd be great to listen to that for a few days but I hope the team doesn't get too caught up in that. Right. Because I the Browns still need to have that bunker mentality. They they See, what happened was the Browns spent all offseason hearing about how great they were going to be, and then they came out and they laid an egg against Tennessee. They need to learn how to deal with success at this point. Because, you know, they were playing the Rams after the Jets game, but they lost after they beat the Jets. So let's see. After they beat the Ravens, let's see what they do next week against the 49ers. So that'll be interesting to see. So... That, uh, that's going to do it for us here on the Deerfield Gridiron uh, Browns postgame show presented by LOTL. Steve, thanks again for joining me. Not Appreciate a problem. It. Probably not, not too difficult to do after a Browns victory. Uh, no, it's so. it's much more pleasant. I mean, the first two times I did this, it was after a defeat. So, yeah. you know, that first one was really awful. Oh, I don't even know how we made it through that one. But, yeah, like I said, we're going to be here win, lose, and hopefully never draw. But, uh, uh we will, uh, we will catch you guys. Uh, I will catch you guys on LOTL this week. And then uh, Steve and I, and, you know, maybe finally we'll get Matt Steyerwald on here. Yeah, hopefully. This week. So it'll, be, it'll be a Tuesday next week. So Yeah, it's another one of those weird ones. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, so we will catch you guys next time. So for Steve, I'm Dan. Uh, check out our episode uh, this coming week from LOTL. I'll be back with Jordan and Jimmy. And we will catch you guys next week. Go Browns. It's over.